This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Yesterday, our phone lines lit up when we were talking about the Ontario government's decision not to sign contracts, energy contracts that had been on the table for energy from green sources like wind and solar power. Uh, And those contracts, not signing that contract is going to save billions. That's billions with a B of dollars. Now, our listeners think this is a good decision, but also that it's too little, too late, and they still have a lot of questions around the costs uh, surrounding these green sources of power. Well, here's the other side. The renewable energy community is up in arms, saying it's being scapegoated for soaring hydro rates. So is that the case? I'm on the line with Brady Yock, an economist and executive director at the Consumer Policy Institute. Hi, Brady. Hi, how are you doing? Fine, how are you? I'm good. So uh, the renewable energy community did not like this announcement. Uh, that's to be expected because it was the it's, it's the first time really over in the last decade that the the province has said no to renewable industry and said we've had enough we don't need any more we're going to take a little breather. Okay, so uh, what what does the renewable energy industry say? How is it not their fault if it's uh, the contracts uh, for their products for their power that are overpriced and uh, that we don't need? Well, one thing the renewable energy industry has has pointed to is that it says in the overall pie of costs, there's billions of dollars in costs that go each year through the Ontario's electricity sector, and renewables in that overall pie don't aren't the biggest player. The biggest player, without a doubt, is nuclear. Nuclear brings it produces the most power and it brings in the most revenue. So the renewable energy industry is saying, well, it's it's not our fault totally that all this is happening. And, and I would respond to that in the sense that <clears throat> certainly the, the nuclear industry accounts for a larger percentage of overall costs, but the, the average rate that nuclear generators are paid is significantly lower than what renewable energy players have been paid, in some cases by tenfold lower. So the nuclear, while it takes in more billions of dollars a year, overall its costs per unit of power have been lower. Okay. Um, so, uh, again, uh, are they crying foul? Well, yeah. I mean, if I was in the renewable industry, I'd be mad, too. Ontario was a great place to do business. You came here. You said Ontario offered, it, admittedly, that it, it admitted that it was offering really high rates to entice a lot of producers here. So they're mad now that the, the high rates they were getting, higher than many other jurisdictions, as the Auditor General pointed out, they're no longer there. Well, the, I, in my opinion... The renewable industry should also be cognizant of its impact on ratepayers and consumers, and it hasn't really been. And so now the province is stepping in after 13 years of ignoring these costs and saying, well, we can't do it anymore. 
Well, so this is interesting. Uh, One of the questions that we had from our listeners, and before I get to it, I'm going to give the phone lines again so uh, people can call in because they had some pretty strong opinions about this. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We're talking about yesterday's hydro decision. Uh, Apparently, the renewable energy community is up in arms because uh, the government is saying, no, we're not going to to pay you that $3.8 billion for energy that we don't need. But anyway, as I was saying, Brady, uh, the question is, uh, is there some kind of costs associated with not going ahead with those contracts? Is it something, uh, a cancellation, or is it, was there some kind of cost, you know, when a contract was signed giving Ontario the right to purchase power at a certain price? Do you know? Right. So in the, in the, this case, likely no. So some of the companies, renewable companies, probably would have incurred some costs in, in sort of research and, and picking where they're going to put their spots. But none of them are offered any contract by the government yet. So the government, in this case, for this round, what we're referring to right now, has signed no contracts. Um, I'm not a lawyer, but uh, I would imagine there would be no to very little cost to the government to, to pulling back. And you, and you have to remember that we didn't cancel these We've just suspended it. So at any point, the province could say, okay, well, here we go. We're going to start again. So it's sort of suspended indefinitely as far as we know. Right. But, you know, sometimes there's a kind of a a first rights refusal thing. I mean, it was on the table that they were going to enter into these agreements. So do you think... It's happened. And there was a case in Ontario a couple years ago, actually, with Trillium. It was an offshore wind developer. And uh, it it hadn't signed a contract with with the province, but it had sort of been doing research and talking with the province about building offshore turbines. And the province decided, you know what, the, we don't want offshore wind turbines anymore. We don't need them. Therefore, we're not going to go ahead. And that company tried to sue the government, and the judge actually stepped in, ruled in favor of the government, saying, well, there was no contract and policies can change. So companies need to recognize that risk. Well, well, exactly. I mean, there is a cost to uh, developing your business. Uh, let's go to the phones. We've got Chuck in London. Hello, Chuck. Yes, good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. You're very welcome. Um, I'm a little curious about uh, a couple of facts. Number one, is hydro publicly owned or is it owned by the government? Uh, there, there are Ontario Power Generation, which owns the nuclear reactors and the dams and a couple other assets. That is owned wholly by the province. Hydro One, which owns some of the transmission and distribution wires, some of the smaller wires around the province, that is is currently 30%, I think, give or take, owned by the government, or uh, 30% owned by the private sector and 70% owned by the government. So generation is almost uh, solely owned by the government. Okay. Now, please correct me if I'm wrong. Under when uh, Premier McGinty was in, he said that we had to pay back loans on Ontario Hydro, and then furthermore, we found out that there was no loans. And it seems kind of obsequious that we are still paying huge amounts for stuff that never happened. And as a, you know, our monthly hydro bill is around three to $400. And we, we're, you know, we cut back a lot of things. It's just, uh, it's, it's gone way out of hand. And who do you believe when they turn around and, and tell us that we got to do this? 
we got to do that. And who's good is it for? Okay, it let's doesn't make any sense. Let's let's hear the answer to that. Yeah, so I'll start with the, the first bit. I, th- I think you're referring to the debt retirement charge, which was yes. some of the old liabilities that when Ontario Hydro was broken up basically had more debt than it had assets, and there was no way that it was ever going to be able to repay those debts. So they siphoned them off and put them in a, essentially what is a bad bank, and that went on hydro bills for years up until this year that you paid for. Now, stranded that, debt, it was stranded called. Stranded debt, right. So that is still, businesses are still paying for that, but it's off residential bills. So that's why that was there. Uh, and your second question about who is this being run for is uh, very interesting. I think the last 13 years it's become clear to me, at least my perspective, is that the power sector is increasingly being run not to the benefit of consumers and ratepayers. Well, exactly. <laughs> when, you, when people get a bill for $135 a month and have no usage of electricity, that's, <laughs> there's something pretty corrupt going on there, I would say. Okay, Chuck, thank you very much for your call. Okay, well, thank you. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, is, is there anything we as consumers can do? At, at this point, I mean, conservation as, as an idea is great. And, and I conserve. I, I've updated everything in my house. And, and it can lower your bill. But the province has turned conservation into a massive government-run program. And it's kind of distorted it. So I would tell your listeners that you can still conserve, find ways to conserve power to lower your monthly bill. But I wouldn't buy into the province's mandate that conservation is going to solve all our problems in the way that we've designed the system, because it's just not going to happen. Okay. And uh, do you think that we can expect to see uh, more of a pullback? I mean, you know, to me, uh, uh, you know, the the province realized that we didn't need this power, but, but uh, that information has been out there for years uh, so I think it's it's the political consequence that they have just recently discovered. Do you think they uh, might reopen contracts or do anything like that? Um, the, the cynic in me would say not before the next election. So, but uh, I'm not a politician, so I don't know what they're thinking. But I don't think they're going to do it anytime soon. And I, and I think one other point that uh, we haven't talked about is that there are a couple major projects that are about to to kick off. And one of them is the refurbishment of Darlington, the nuclear yep. plant. And the other one is actually the refurbishment of Bruce up in uh, central Ontario. Those are both, Darlington is $12.8 billion. Bruce is going to be probably somewhere in the same ballpark. It, the province knows that if those start going off the rails, the cost increases are going to be even more severe, even if you ignore what's happening on the renewable side. So I think there's, they're just taking a breather and seeing how this all plays out. Okay. Um, those are all very interesting. Anything you'd like to tell us before uh, we go? Uh, no, I mean, I, I think this is, as you said, we've known this for years, that the province had a surplus of power. So I think they, I, I commend the government for, for pulling back on some of their policies in the interest of ratepayers. I think that was a good idea. Okay. Brady Yock, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.